Welcome to Mystic Mondays. I'm Amy. I'm Lauren. And we have just watched season 8, episode 2 of The Vampire Diaries. This episode is titled, Today Will Be Different, which of course is a line from season 1. My main takeaway from this episode is that I hate Sybil. Yes, but I need to see her some more to see if she can turn into a fun big bad. Because I feel like I started, like, hating all of them at first, but then I kind of grew to like some of them. Um, I don't know that I have enough time left to do that with her, but right now I just really hate her. Yeah, I want her to be kind of like Kai. I know that some people wanted him to, like, turn good and figure himself out and whatever. I never wanted that. No. <laughs> That's not what I want in a villain. It worked for Klaus. Right? There are good parts of him and bad parts of him, and that's kind of what makes him like our other characters. You know, they're all doing things that we don't necessarily agree with all the time, but, but at the end of the day, like, you you have hope for them to find some humanity in them. And, well, like, that's not what I wanted in Kai. I wanted him to be terrible, and I wanted to hate him, but have fun watching him be terrible. Like with Catherine. Catherine was this terrible, horrible woman, but she was so fun to watch. But you knew that at the end of the day, she was going to do what was best for Catherine. And that's kind of what I want from Sybil. But yeah, no, right now I just hate her. I don't enjoy her. We're, of course, still in this whole, she has Damon and Enzo going out and doing her dirty work. They go to this, like, gun convention and find this guy who is a terrible person and take him back to her. And she's, like, swimming in a pool. Okay, I don't understand this. Maybe you know something that I don't. But, so she puts him in the water to drown him. And she's, like, doing the siren song and he's drawn in. Is she still eating the victims? Or is she just killing them? Because she, like, drowns him. She puts him down in the water, and he's still or whatever, and she's, like, going on this whole rant about how she did internet research, which, Sybil, you've been, like, a shrunken-up corpse for how long trapped in a vault? And you learn how to use the internet very quickly. It's impressive. It reminded me of Rebecca when she was, like, learning how to use the internet, but it still took her a while. I feel like it didn't take Sybil as long. Well, I mean, you know... The internet. So easy a siren can do it. (laughs) Well, so she like puts him in the water and then Damon says something about how all the other ones were not calm because she's saying like the chickens taste better if they haven't been treated harshly. Right. And so the human will taste better. I think it's alluding to the fact that she's going to eat him. Because, yeah, she was saying that the chickens in the factory farm, they release adrenaline, and the adrenaline makes them taste bitter. And so they taste better if you kill them humanely. And so she was going to try and calmly kill him, which is hard because I've always heard that in order to drown, you have to panic because you have to suck the water into your lungs. Whole complicated, different (laughs) issue. But, so I'm thinking she was like, I'm just going to nicely let him drown. So that way he won't suck all this water and adrenaline and he's going to taste better. But then she finds out that she's already had 
you know, like adrenaline-filled victims, and they were like, delish. <laughs> but, okay, so then I need to know her secret for cleaning pools, because later in the episode, the very end, we see her again at the pool, uh, and the water is completely clear. So I need to know either A, where she is killing them, if she is still killing them in water, why is water her preference, and then... How is she getting all the blood out? Because I can barely keep algae out of a pool. So, like, how is she ridding it all of blood? Well, that's not her problem. That's why there's staff at a hotel. <laughs> okay, so Sybil's big thing this episode is she's still trying to break Damon and Enzo. She wants them to let her fully in so she can control their mind. And Damon sort of has. You know, he's turned off his humanity and he's letting her... In, but he's napping a lot because he's going to that happy place of the moment when he met Elena for the first time. You can tell that she is suspicious that he's doing something like that, but she doesn't know what it is and he's doing most of the things. She feels like he's given over to her completely. Right. But Enzo, she knows, has not. And so she's like trying to entice Enzo into giving over completely, which she starts to try to do with a sexual advance, he is having zero of it. I love how he was like, mm, not interested in this. Please stop. Her and this whole mind control thing just, it makes me think of Silas again. And I hated Silas. He was like the dumbest big bad I have ever seen, <laughs> only to be followed by his friend Marco, or Marcos, or that's how little I care about him. I don't even know what his name is. And so I'm like, let me end on something that is fun. Stop it. Okay, so what we know about her is she's a siren. So she does the song, pulls men in, and kills them. She's going after people who are horrible. She can do mind control. But a lot of it seems like she has to, in order to tap into your memory, she has to touch your face. But one thing I did think was very interesting. You know, later in the episode, she controls Stefan and is like, stay here. And he has to stay there. You know, I'll be too far away in a couple of hours to control you. And then you can, you're free to go. You know, like you can move. Is this like a weird version of compulsion? Where you have to be within a certain radius for it to be effective. I guess, like, in order to hear her siren song, you have to be so close. Yeah. Well, Enzo is still holding on to his humanity. He makes this funny quip about how he was tortured for 70 years and he didn't let anybody in, so it's not that hard. Sybil tried to get into Enzo's head and he kind of deflected her by making it seem like he was interested in Sarah Nelson when really he was blocking for Bonnie. Yes, so he had to give a name. And right. That's who he let slip. Who we know is Sarah Salvatore, which is... Stefan and Damon's last living relative, the child of Zach, who we, Uncle Zach, who we met in season one, Damon killed his pregnant girlfriend. Yes. Damon thinks the worst thing he's ever done is killing a pregnant woman. And Caroline says it's just, you know, one of the worst. It's on the short list. Yeah, but... it's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> but we have options. <laughs> so he carries that day around with him and he doesn't know about Sarah Salvatore. 
Sybil, of course, wants control over Damon and Enzo, so she sends them, sends Damon to go kill Sarah Salvatore, Sarah Nelson. That's how Bonnie, Stefan, and Caroline get on their trail because two Sarah Nelsons have been killed. And Stefan, as soon as he hears that, is like, oh no, that's Sarah Salvatore. So they're off to North Carolina where Sarah is in school to find her to save her from being killed. So while this whole group is on a field trip to North Carolina, we have Alaric, and he is back with Georgie, and they're still at the armory trying to figure everything out. In this big old room that they found. Yes, and so I love, Georgie is kind of like picking on Alaric about the hot nanny, which makes me like Georgie even more. Um, And a correction from last week's episode We called her Selena, and her name is Celine, but I'm still going to call her Kale, (laughs) but I love that Georgie also makes up names. She is picking on him because she's, of course, still interested in Alaric, which I ship more and more with every passing minute of an episode. When they're going through all of this stuff, they find this weird symbol in these super old letters. She just, like, immediately leaves the room. And about that time, throughout this whole episode, Caroline is calling and checking in on Alaric and how the girls are doing and what's going on with them. And uh, when she calls to talk to him, she's like, is everything okay? And he makes some remark about how he is just getting acquainted with the millennial work ethic. Seriously, Alaric, my name is Amy and I'm a millennial. And I just think that's ridiculous. And I still oppose his phrasing there. She was upset, which she says later in the episode, is because she has a tattoo of that symbol. Because she died, right? Right. In a car crash, which she caused. Because not only was she texting and driving, but she was texting and drinking and driving. Bad. Bad idea. (laughs) Really bad idea. So she wrecks. Her friend was in the car. She kills her best friend in this car crash. And she says she experienced basically what her idea is of hell, uh, which she was like, it wasn't exactly a place, but it was, she could feel this like super loneliness and sadness and like torture. Well, it kind of made me wonder if it's not kind of how you feel when you become a vampire, because the way she described it was, it was all of these super intense emotions. And she could just tell that she was going to feel like that forever. But it was all the bad ones. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was this, like, state of awareness, I think is the phrasing she used. But of all of the bad things. Agony, like, knowing she killed her best friend. All of these things. And they revive her. But, like, during that whole time when she's dead, she... The only thing that's, like, really clear is that symbol. That freaked her out when she found it in those papers. Well, and what was really interesting to me is I can totally tell where they are now starting to pull on other folklore. Because, you know, obviously we have the Odyssey and the Siren. But that symbol is actually a more involved Constantine symbol. 
he was the one that like took up the cross and conquered a whole bunch of lands and brought Christianity really to the forefront. And it was all done with the symbol that was an X. And then there was another line that goes up the middle of the cross and has a little triangle yeah. to it. And if you look at that symbol, that's what that is. It just has extra lines with other triangles. Okay, because I kept looking at it and thinking, I've seen this symbol before. Yes, so this symbol, at the very end of the episode, with Georgie and Alaric, their whole arc, she's like, I found something. It's this old weapon-looking thing. It's like basically like a pitchfork, but she held it upside down. And on it is the symbol that she has tattooed. She's like, I think this was made in hell. (laughs) But that's pretty much what Alark is doing this episode. I think we're going to have him for the most part. I'm sure there will be phone calls. But for the most part, I feel like he's going to be removed from the group. Doing his own thing. Yeah, and researching with Georgie. And I hope Dorian is back next week. He was off. The interns were in Washington, D.C. But I liked him in the first episode, so I hope we see more of him. But the rest of our crew is... On their way to North Carolina, Enzo and Damon are already there. Damon is giving Enzo a lecture. About giving up on life. Damon wants a wingman, and Enzo is not being that for him. But something I thought was cool was when Sybil was getting into his head, she talked about how she needed to figure out who the loyalty leak was. Yes. And I thought it was very interesting that both Damon and Enzo's loyalty leaks are their girlfriends. I don't know. I just... Well, it's a little surprising. It's not so surprising for Enzo. And It makes sense in the theme of the show and kind of making Elena this overarching presence of this season. But it is a little bit surprising because I think that Stefan, even if Caroline is his one true love or if Elena was, whoever it was, I think that still his person would be Damon. Mm -hmm. That would be his loyalty. And I think for you know, Klaus or Elijah or Rebecca, that it would be their family. Well, and I think that's part of what I thought was really strange because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know, obviously, the bond between Damon and Elena is really strong, but I really did think it would be Stefan. But I kind of wonder if maybe Stefan's link to Damon is stronger than Damon's link to Stefan. Due to all of the issues. Well, and it might be too that Damon knows he doesn't have to work for Stefan's love. Even though I think that Elena's love for Damon is unconditional. No, it's very conditional. (laughs) I think that he knows that Stefan, no matter what terrible thing he does, Stefan is always going to have hope that he's a good person. And that Stefan is always going to be trying to save Damon from himself or save Damon from whatever darkness is encroaching upon him. And Elena, he is constantly worried he's going to lose that love and lose that relationship. I mean, that's what him putting himself in the coffin was. And even in this episode, you know, that comes into play. Not doing a terrible thing because Elena won't forgive him if he does. Which, I mean, I guess... I think a lot of relationships, romantic relationships, are conditional. I mean, I agree, but I think theirs is in particular. 
Elena has such a moral high horse. No offense to, you know, all the Elena fans. But it's a little higher. Not that she does not love Damon and not that she can't get over some things that Damon does. Well, because she's forgiven a lot. Exactly. And, I mean, we saw back in season two or season three when Stefan went on the Ripper binge with Klaus how, you know, she was like, just come home. We can get through this. I still have hope that you're there. Blah, 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 blah. So I don't think the bond is quite as fragile as maybe Damon makes it out to be. I do think there is definitely a point where she is like, I can't. We can't go there. Well, I think, I mean, certainly Damon's insecurities come into play. And who can really blame him because she's chosen Stefan multiple times over him. He has always had this thing where people either chose Stefan or somebody else over him or he did this thing and then someone doesn't love him anymore. I think that that, a a lot of it is his own insecurity and who he is. Even though he portrays himself as this I don't care what anybody thinks kind of person. Right. Most of those people usually aren't actually that way. Right. They find Sarah Nelson and Damon is talking to her and of course she recognizes Enzo because she's been around Went on him a road before. trip with him. Yeah, so they go into like this parking deck and as they go into it, Sarah stabs Damon with a shot of her vein and he goes down. So they go to her apartment to get her stuff. And her passport. Because when he said get out, he meant out. But as they go into her apartment, we see Stefan and Caroline there. Enzo's, of course, like, what are y'all doing here? And then suddenly, Bonnie walks out. The look on his face when she comes out is so cute. I mean, it's just like this immediate sort of taken aback clearly love and he says hello love can i just have someone who says hello love to me in an Um, accent please and thank you so you know amy live tweeted all of this on friday and i did not watch it at that point in time because i was at my house and i do not have cable and so i saw that tweet and i was the first thing i think of is klaus where he's like, oh, your poor heart. And I was like, so happy. And then I watched the episode and I was like, oh, that's what she's talking about. That's not as fun. It was as fun. And my heart leapt so far. I might ship Bonnie and Enzo more than I do anyone on the show. Well, that's because Bonnie gets pooped on so much that you want her to be happy. I'm telling you, there have been seasons where Lauren and I did not like Bonnie, and she might be my favorite character. I don't know. Since then, she has definitely grown on me. I mean, this season, again, she doesn't have her magic, so I don't like her as much. I don't know what it is. I like Magical Bonnie better. But is it because you're like all the other characters and you just want to use her? Probably. I have a problem with that, too. I mean, if we're real honest, probably. I have seen her get used so often that I just want her to be happy because I'm like, she needs to be more than just somebody's, you know, convenient tool. She's clearly not happy. She's off talking to Enzo while Stefan's talking to Sarah. Caroline's on the phone out in the hall with Rick. Bonnie is trying to talk to Enzo and Enzo won't look at her. 
we know that he's doing that to try and keep her out of his thoughts so that Sybil can't get into them, but he can't really tell Bonnie in the way that she needs to hear it. Right. Because he's having to sort of tell her in code. I was a little irritated at times with Bonnie in this episode. You're trying to get your boyfriend away from this horrible siren bad person, and he is not looking at you. Do you really think it's because he just doesn't care about you or doesn't love you? No, he has to. He's trying to protect you. This is part of my problem. I think I've figured it out. We watched the 2016 Comic-Con panel of the Vampire Diaries with Julie Pleck and they were talking about it and whatever. Julie Pleck discussed how, like, these first several episodes of this season, there is no magic in them. Like, she said that she thought that they became too magic-reliant and so they were going to do episodes without magic. And I think that's really bothering me that there is no magic in these episodes. Because I'm like, A, this is your last shot. Okay, pull out all the stops, have the skies falling down, and have a comet come in and just blast Sybil to pieces. But I think that's my problem. is because I need y'all, you're all down and fuddy-duddy. I need some pizzazz back. I need you to get your groove back and let's all go do a lot of spells. I think we're getting there. And we probably are. I don't know what is psychologically wrong with me that makes me this way. <laughs> but I like it a lot more. Not, not I like it better when this happens. But I enjoy when people are brooding, like sort of down in the dumps mentality because they do eventually pull themselves out of it and there's something really beautiful in that happening but you do not like that (laughs) I don't um I like a man with a plan who is going to execute it I think the problem though is because we are eight seasons in and these characters have been through so much stuff and it's just like they never get a break they never get a happy ending and Finally, they have been through this horrible thing with Raina, and they've finally gotten to a good place, and they think that everything is going to be okay, and that the only problem in their life will be that Bonnie's life is tied to Elena, and suddenly they have hell upon them. Yes. But Sarah is going to leave with Enzo, and Bonnie and Enzo go to pack the car, Bonnie and Enzo are arguing, and Bonnie takes this opportunity to kidnap Enzo. By vervaining him and chunking him in the car. Admittedly, I don't know how she got him in the car without using magic, because (laughs) he weighs at least, you know, a good 50 pounds on her. But, semantics. (laughs) Well, I think the adrenaline, because she stabs him and shoves him in and shuts the door, that, okay, so right after that happens, Caroline gets stabbed by Damon in the back. and Because that's how Damon likes to stab people. Ugh. He steals her daylight ring and, like, throws it away from her so that she would have to step into the light to get it. And then smashes her phone, which I think she might have been the most upset about the smashing of her phone. Yes. I was like, come on, Caroline. She steps out into the light to get her ring. 
And she just stands there and is like, oh, I can't take it. And goes back into the shadows. I'm like, your ring is in the shadows. You just gotta blast through this sunlight. And then we can get back to the shadow with your ring. Come on. Meanwhile, I'm over here saying, seriously, is this our throwback to season one? This episode, Damon, Harmon, Caroline, boo. Boo everything. Well, and right after that, then Damon goes in to kill Sarah. And this is when Damon and Stefan start to have a talk. And at that moment, we cut to commercial. And I need you to know that I was live tweeting this. I don't know why I was not paying attention at that moment. I was probably looking for the best Jeff to use in whatever tweeting situation. But you really cannot pay attention to other things while you're watching Vampire Diaries because I blinked and missed three large things happening. (laughs) So I had to rewind and watch it. But in this moment, Stefan and Damon have this really great brothers moment. You know this is what I'm always here for. Yes. Stefan is trying to talk Damon into being a good person. He's explaining who Sarah is and that he didn't kill a woman and her baby all this time ago. He just killed the mom, which is still bad, but this can be removed from his list of terrible things he's done. And he's trying to talk him into not killing Sarah. And there's this beautiful part where he's like, how would Elena feel about this? You know, do it for our family, do it for me, do it for Elena. But he says the do it for me last, and which shows you, again, that Stefan holds that relationship in a whole nother regard. Mm-hmm. That is the end game for him. He cares so much about Damon and, and about them as brothers and about Damon's soul, period. Damon thinks about it and is going to let Sarah go, and then in comes Sybil, The terrible, awful. And she, she ruins everything. I hate her so much. I felt a fury that I cannot explain because how dare you ruin a Salvatore Brothers moment? That is the worst for me. I was furious about it. I can't explain how, how mad. She stabs Sarah. After she stabs Sarah, Stefan's like, oh, heck no, and breaks her neck, breaks Sybil's neck which does nothing. Sybil immediately gets back up and before Stefan can start to save Sarah, she does the mind control thing that you were talking about and keeps him from doing it. And that's when she asks Damon who Elena is. And this is part of my problem with Sybil. She looks like such a stereotypical character. She is the epitome and probably the sister of the nasty girlfriend in the parent trap. She has the short, slicked hair with the perfect makeup and the I want to be rich clothes. That's what that outfit says to me. Is <laughs> I have a lot of money and I want you to know it. It's like a white dress power suit. Exactly. I mean, it's a jumpsuit with this skirt thing and a slit up to woohoo. And <laughs> I mean... She's the girlfriend from The Parent Trap, and I didn't like her then, and I don't like her now. Yeah, she's horrible. I hate her. And she lets Sarah bleed out, and poor Stefan has to watch while he is there able to do nothing. Then she goes into this whole thing with Damon. She gets into his psyche, 
She's like, I didn't realize you had a loyalty leak. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that there was a place that you were hiding from me. And so she goes into his brain and goes to the moment where he is meeting Elena. I have to pause for a second and say that at the beginning of the episode when he's napping and he goes into that moment and he watches it happen, the look on his face when he's watching it happen was really sweet. And him like repeating the words because he has clearly memorized these right was really sweet but he she watches him live that moment and she's like i can fix this and so she steps in as elena and sort of is rewiring his brain and in that moment right before there's she like taps into his brain and sees all these flashes of elena that made me remember why i rooted for damon and elena because I have, even though, you know, Stefan's my guy, I love him the most. Right. I have rooted for them, and so seeing those moments of them just, like, fully in love with each other, and these moments of happiness, it helped me remember why I have rooted for them in the past. Well, I'm pretty sure you rooted for them because you started hating Elena, and you were like, she is no longer good enough for Stefan. <laughs> So, let's put her off on second choice. I don't think that that is necessarily true, but I think that I was tired of her and Stefan and the way that that was going, and I could see the writing on the wall. I'm all about trying to read a room, and I could tell that it was not going to end well for Stefan, and so I was ready for him to just get out of it, and I also, a thing about me is I want to, like, really root for the thing that's going to happen, if I know that Damon and Elena are in game, then I want to find a way to be happy with it because I love this show so much. So, Sarah dies. Damon gets his mind all crazed by Sybil. So why do you think that Damon keeps going back of all the moments of him and Elena? Why is their first meeting? I don't think that of you and your husband that if you could pick the most significant moment between the two of you, I don't think it would be the first time y'all met. Well, no, because actually, technically, he does not remember the first time that we met. <laughs> Clearly more significant in my life than it was in his. But this is very Damon and Elena. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe you will remove the compulsion years from now, and he will remember. <laughs> but I think that it's because... Like, the first time he met her, you know, he says Catherine, because that's who he wanted it to be, because he was so in love with Catherine. I wonder if it's something about being in love with one woman, but meeting the one that he's actually going to end up with. Yeah, the one that he's going to realize what love really is with. Yeah. That um, makes sense. I just thought that was interesting, because I think they've had a lot of moments that sort of shaped him. And it's funny to me that that's the one for him when, for a large portion of their knowing each other, she didn't even know that it it had happened. Right. While that is going on, Bonnie and Enzo are having just the best moment together. They're driving away, and Enzo wakes up, and they're arguing back and forth, and that's when his body, like, starts to shut down and his nose is bleeding, and you can tell, like, the veins in his forehead are popping out, and he is clearly in physical pain. 
and he is screaming at her to turn the car around. And she is doing what I think Lauren and I would both do, which is ignoring him and continuing to drive because she's like, I'm saving you. Forget it. Well, I'm pretty sure that would just make me drive faster, <laughs> you know. But something that I thought that was really interesting was that, I mean, she stops the car. He goes back. Boo. What Sybil told Stefan, you know, like, I'll be far enough away. You'll be free to go. Whatever. I wonder if there is a barrier. Like, if you can break through that distance, then you would be fine. Well, they get out of the car, and Bonnie is so furious. And they have this big conversation where she's like, have you given up? Is this what it is? And have I lost you completely? He goes into this thing about how he loves her, and she never lost him. He's doing this to protect her because Sybil can't know about her. Because then, bad things. Not only will it ruin his chance of keeping his humanity, but she'll come after Bonnie. They just have this really great moment, and that's all we see of it then. But at the end of the episode, Sybil is going into Enzo's mind. He walks in, he's back, and there's Damon chomping down on some girl while Sybil makes out with her. And for a second I thought she was dead. Lauren and I had to rewind to see what was going on. Yeah, we were a little concerned about necrophilia. <laughs> but anyway, so Enzo walks in and Damon immediately goes and rips into his chest and grabs Enzo's heart. And I felt my heart uh, sinking into <laughs> my stomach because I was like, you cannot kill him. This cannot be how episode two ends. I need to stop worrying about Enzo. It's really stressful. He lets go of his heart. Yay! She uses that opportunity, I guess because he's vulnerable in that moment, yeah. to tap into his brain. And while she's in his brain, she sees this moment, the rest of the moment between Bonnie and Enzo, which, I'm telling you, I just swoon the whole time they're together. Well, see, she was swooning while I was like, okay, okay, you know, Bonnie's saying stay. He's saying I can't. I have to go back. I was like, Sybil's going to be happy. We're going to be all happy. And then Bonnie's like, you don't even care about me. And Enzo turns around and starts kissing her. And I'm like, well, there, you're dead. And I was like, <laughs> yay, hooray. They love each other so much. Clearly, I'm the cool and calculating one. <laughs> Highly emotional over here. It's fine, guys. <laughs> yeah, I was cheering so hard, and they had this, it's really beautifully shot, It too. is. And, and he says love again. He calls her love in his beautiful accent. While and he signs her death warrant. I, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> and I swooned again. And uh, it was just so lovely and romantic, and then Sybil ruins everything, because she was like. Because she's a life ruiner. She, she ruins, ruins lives. lives. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> she tells Damon, we see in the preview for next week, for him to kill Bonnie Bennett, which I'm not having that. Elsewhere, Bonnie goes back and sees Caroline. Still stuck on a stake. Can't manage to get across the sun. I need her to get a little backbone. Well... It was hard for her to get a backbone because there was wood stuck into it and she couldn't reach it with her arm. You know, I get that. 
But I feel like she was there for long enough that she could have done something. Well, Bonnie has to pull the object from her back, and she gives her her daylight ring back, and they have maybe my favorite moment of the episode, even though, oh, I don't know, there were so many good ones. I love this season is already off to a great start, but I loved this moment between Bonnie and Caroline because... The friendship between the girls has also been a really big thing this whole series. And I'm glad that it's still a thing even without Elena there. Well, and I tend to agree. I really liked her realizing how much this was really affecting Bonnie. It, you know, made her kind of come out of herself and be like, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible friend. I've been using you and not really caring about you and I need to not do that, you know, because you have problems too and this is affecting you. And I just really appreciated seeing that. Yeah, so what happens is Bonnie explains to Caroline that she had to send them back to the siren and that's when Caroline has this sort of freak out moment because Caroline loves when a plan comes together and she doesn't like it when something is wrong and so she has this moment where she is like are you kidding me we needed you here and instead you took Enzo off and went rogue and then still didn't accomplish what you wanted to how dare you ruin this so pretty much this whole trip was for nothing Bonnie breaks down basically and explains you know that's not the way she wanted it to happen and I was so irritated with Caroline in that moment because I was like Can't you see that Bonnie's going through something? Like, I need y'all to be good to each other. I need you to be kind to each other. I need you to support each other through this horrible thing. You're both going through something. But especially Bonnie, I need you to be aware that Bonnie's going through it. And I need you to be good to her. But Bonnie says something that I wrote down because it was so sad to me. She was explaining to Caroline, ranting to Caroline really, that she has to watch... Caroline be happy with Stefan and she has to see them with Stefan and her kids and even her relationship with Rick like all of these good things moving into the house and and she said I feel so alone that I want to die and I thought if that doesn't explain to you how sad your best friend is I don't know what can well that's what I wrote down Bonnie don't die it was really sad and that I mean it's it hits Caroline you see it hit her But I will give Caroline a little bit. They can't really be happy either because Stefan is obsessed with trying to save his brother. Right. And he is so sad about that that it's not like they're just living in bliss and everything is fine. The other line I wrote down, I just love this line. It's my favorite line so far this season. Your happiness is a part of my happiness always. And I thought that's such a good, that's how friends should be. I really yeah. love that. But, and then we go back to the Salvatore house. So we see Caroline unloading all of these boxes. And I really appreciate her as a person because I see how she has the boxes labeled where it says like living room and there's a diagram. That's who I am as a person. And I'm like, if I was a more organized mover. Then Stefan arrives and he is a broken shell of a person. And we see her talking to Stefan. 
still a broken shell of a man. Or a vampire, I guess. Both. (laughs) He expects her to go into this whole thing about how it's not his fault and all of this stuff. And he's like, I know you're going to say this, but it really actually is. Because I either killed all of the Salvatores that I know, or I'm somehow responsible for their death. So don't tell me that. And she says, she wasn't going to say that. (laughs) She was going to say that he still has Damon. Even though he does not think that he does. Yeah, so to get their minds off of it, he's renovating part of the Salvatore mansion, which I wondered how Damon is going to feel about that when he does come to, because the last time someone mentioned renovating, he was very unhappy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of been that way for forever. Leave it. I disagree. I can't explain to you how happy the next few moments. Just so happy. I love every bit of it. So happy. But he tells that he is changing things around in this room because he's making a room for Caroline's kids, for Josie and Lizzie. And I wanted to cry. I actually did cry when I went back and watched it. <laughs> Ridiculous. Because, of course, I rewound it after I finished watching it the first time and just watched that part, like, three more times. Utterly ridiculous. <laughs> but it's just so sweet. He made a room for the girls. Just all of these things, like, planning for their family. And he even says that they're his family now. I just really love it. I appreciate that, and it's sweet, but at the same time, I was like, why didn't you give each little girl her own room? Oh, because they're the twins. They're connected to each other. I don't feel like they would like being in separate rooms. I feel like they need their own space. And also, if this was Klaus painting them a bedroom, you would be like, oh my gosh, this is the sweetest. Probably. Let's not lie. So... She goes to look in the antique dresser, which is a very nice dresser, and I would love to own. And she's like, oh, the girls are going to love this to keep their stuff in. And when she opens the drawer, there is a box, and it's clearly a ring box. Could be earrings. We don't know. And he's like... Maybe a necklace? Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even... I can't even explain what happened next. Well, I'll tell you what did not happen. He did not get down on one knee. He did not get down on one knee. And I was like, Stefan, you, the romantic of us all, that's kind of a failure. I think he's romantic in different ways, like creating the room and and planning this out. And oh my God, that ring. I mean, I do agree. The ring. It was a nice ring. I disagree. Stefan has always kind of stood on traditions. Yes. And... I do think that, yes. Like, I don't know. It just... It seemed very strange to me. Like, when she saw the box in the drawer, I really thought that he would have got... Like, she would have turned around and he would have been down on one knee. I sort of think that he feels like they already are completely in this together. You know? Like, I feel like he thinks that they are already in this committed, we will be together forever relationship. I know that he still felt like he had to ask, but I don't think that 
he had to ask in such a way that he was felt like he needed to make a case for it. I didn't think it would be this big to do, you know. But at the same time, I was like, Caroline lives for the pomp and celebration and it seemed a little like it lacked a little something for me and that's not just because of my biases oh gosh I loved it okay so she does have to say something like so is this a friendship ring or and he's like are you gonna make me say it and she's like yes yes I am I did appreciate that moment though because That's so Stefan and Caroline, like their whole relationship, even when they were just friends to now, I feel like them kind of kidding each other back and forth, like they can joke around with each other in a way that they haven't been able to do really with anybody else. Well, yeah. He says, I want you to be my wife. And that is when Julie Pleck promised me that at the end there would be happy tears and Julie Pleck You delivered on that promise. I don't know that whole, I want you to be my wife. And then there's like this sort of small moment of insecurity or will you? And (laughs) she says yes after they kiss and she gets to put on that gorgeous ring. And my heart was just fluttering all over the place. And I was smiling so ridiculously. I couldn't stop myself from grinning. But for real. It was a problem. See, and it just makes me laugh because, like, watching that and watching it unfold, I was just kind of dead inside. <laughs> like. Lauren, that's your natural state of being. This is true. <laughs> but, I mean, I wasn't really happy, but I wasn't really upset either. I was just like, that's it. Well, it's because you read about it before, so you knew it was going to happen. And also, I I kind of warned you, mainly because I was really happy I didn't watch this episode with Lauren. I got to fully fangirl. It also gives me a small bit of hope for Stefan's happy ending. And I sort of lost hope for that once Damon and Elena really started being a thing which some will argue is the beginning of the series, but I don't know. I just really wanted him and Elena together, and they were the reason why I started loving the show, and Stefan has been my favorite with Caroline always, like them, vying for the top spot in my heart, and for them to be happy together in this really sweet moment, it not being, like, too intensely serious, but at the same time, it, I don't know. I just, it was exactly what I wanted. It's funny that you mentioned Stefan and Elena. Because I actually felt like they worked a lot. Like, I was happier with them. But, like, season one, season two, Stefan and Elena. I really, I liked them together because they were both broody and moody. And I felt like it suited each other. I don't get that from Stefan and Caroline. But I think that's kind of what makes it work is for Elena and Damon and for Stefan and Caroline, it's a problem when they're too much alike, you know? So I think they complement each other, but I did, I rooted so much for Elena and Stefan in season one and two, and I, and their romance just kind of fizzled out. 
which I think is probably more realistic to how real life relationships are, but it was sort of hard as a viewer and as someone who rooted for them so much for them just to kind of be like, yeah, you love Damon. Yeah, I know you love Damon. It's over, I guess. And I'm like, yes, there is the whole thing about, you know, you need somebody who's not exactly like you to kind of balance you out and whatever. But I'm just thinking, it's going to get old after a while. I don't know, though, because they've been friends for so long. Yeah, but it's different when you're friends and then you get to go home to your significant other who is more like you than when your significant other is completely unlike you. And that's who you stuck with. But I don't think they're completely unalike either. Well, I mean, I don't think they're completely unalike, but I think they are not alike enough. Agree to disagree, Lauren. (laughs) Agree to disagree. But if I had any doubts, this episode has changed my mind. I'm fully on board. Sterilon train. I don't like it. (laughs) We know. Um... Well, and like you said, I think part of my problem is I really liked them as friends. I will say, I mean, you say this, I was getting closer to the Caroline and Enzo train. Um, But that's because he is a version of Klaus. He has an accent. He is snarky. He (laughs) is... He calls people love. He he calls people (laughs) love. He does bad things, and he does a lot of things that seem very selfish, and he is out for himself. He is. I'm not denying any of this, but... <laughs> but I'm saying that comes from your bias of, of Love and Klaus and Caroline together, and you were like, if I can't have them, then this is the next best thing, because it's basically him. Well, exactly, because that's the kind of man I feel like she should be with. She needs someone who can challenge her on a different level. And, I mean, Stefan just can't do that. I think she needs somebody who can lift her up like Stefan does. Stefan doesn't lift her up. Stefan drags her down. Not true. Not true. little world. Nope. Nope. (sighs) Even in the midst of him having this terrible thing with his brother who he cares about so much... He is still thinking about her and doing things to try and improve her life and make it better. Well, no, you heard her in the beginning where it says that he was taking out his frustrations on a wall. Yeah, but that's from her perspective. She didn't know that he was creating a room for the girls. And you know, can he ac- looked pretty pissed when he was slamming that sledgehammer. You can accomplish multiple things. Well... So clearly the ending was divisive. A little contentious. (laughs) But next week, Damon will be after Bonnie. And in the midst of it, Caroline is still wedding planning because, well... She's Caroline. (laughs) So how many stakes would you give this episode, Lauren? Give a a stake count for the overall episode. Two. Two. Give a stake count for before the proposal. Three and a half. Three and a half? Uh Uh-huh. Who are you? Do you even like this show? Have we watched this whole eight seasons of a show that you don't like? Um, no. That is not true. Sybil kind of weighs me down. I would like this episode a lot better if she was not in it. (laughs) 
I know that in my head I just want them to be happy all the time, but they can't, Lauren. That's not how TV works. I know. Like, I really loved the Alaric storyline and them searching for hell and the pointy stick. Very interested to see where that goes. Lauren loves a good pointy stick. (laughs) (laughs) But... Like, and I even enjoyed, you know, like, watching Enzo and Damon and all this kind of stuff, and then Sybil would come on the screen, I was like, death be unto you. I agree, but I'm going to give this episode six stakes <laughs> to make up for Lauren's Debbie Downerness because the Bonnie-Enzo moments were perfection. They were overly romantic in every way that I needed them to be. Bonnie, yeah, she's sad, but I see parts of the Bonnie that I love so much. But she did mention, I will say, uh, before we end the podcast, that she did say something about we, like, we're doing this, that wasn't talking about Damon and Enzo. It was talking about, like, it sounded as if she has a boss. And I'm wondering where we're going with this. I don't know, but it better pick up real quick. I think it is going full speed ahead. I think the pacing is great. I think that there's a lot happening in every episode. I think the first two episodes have been phenomenal. You disagree with me, clearly. Of course. But I always do. But I think they've been phenomenal. And I just want... I'm wondering if we're going to be battling Sybil all season when we're going to start seeing more of these returns that Julie Plek and company have teased about. I am also wondering if this is going to turn into an even bigger bad and we're going to see basically Satan and how the girls are going to play into this, Josie and Lizzie. I will say that is something I'm really looking forward to. And how scary Caroline is going to be whenever that happens. I don't know. I'm just really interested to see where they go with this. Well, we hope that you'll keep up with it with us. So you can follow us on Twitter at TVD Mystic Mondays. And you can email us at TVD Mystic Mondays at gmail.com. Of course, subscribe and leave us a comment, leave us a review. And we hope you join us next week. Bye.